Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, this is Dr. John Bergman talking to you from the dark ages. Today is our third part in our cancer series in the month of July. Now, this is going to be on breast cancer and prostate cancer. Also, how do you find it, how do you identify it, and how do you correct it? Now, the first week we went over and talked about the sources of cancer. So we know now that cancer is not something you catch, it's something you earn. Cancer is not a pathogen or pathology attacking your body. It's actually a disease of metabolism. Okay, that your metabolism or what you're exposed to. So we're talking endocrine disruptors in the environment, um, medications, vaccines, foods, pesticides, and in environmental toxins, and physical, chemical, and emotional stress will all predispose you to get cancers. Uh, so now let's look at two um, common uh, medical procedures in order to that people, if you're concerned about cancer, you typically get. But now let's see if those are safe, effective, or dangerous. I mean, when we look at the American Cancer Society, and let's look at breast cancer, now knowing that breast cancer has had a 300% increase in the last 32 years, uh, we're looking at a very, very significant increase. Now, what does the um, American Cancer Society say? Well, they say yearly mammograms, okay, starting at the age of 40. Now, this is a recommendation that changes a lot. Sometimes they're saying, oh, start at uh, 50, sometimes 55. And, but it, in, interesting. Now, here's a quote uh, from the American Cancer Society, quote, the goal of screening mammograms is to find breast cancer early when treatment is more likely to be successful. But mammograms aren't perfect and they do have risks. Sometimes mammograms find something suspicious that turns out to be harmless, but must be checked out through more tests. And this can also uh, carry risk of pain, anxiety, and other side effects. Uh, again, according to the National Cancer Institute, they find out that mammograms Screening tests can cause serious problems, um, and also they have false positive, false negative, and finding the cancer uh, shows to not improve the person's health or help the person live longer. Uh, according to the National Cancer Institute, it turns out some cancers never even cause symptoms or become life-threatening. Uh, if found by a cancer screening test, the cancer may be treated. However, according to the cancer, National Cancer Institute, there is no way to know if treating the cancer would help the person live longer than if no treatment were given. In both teenagers and adults, there's an increased risk of suicide in the first year after being diagnosed with cancer. Now, um, let, let's go on mammograms because... Um, a mammogram uses 200 times more radiation than a chest X-ray. It's 600 times more genotoxic and carcinogenic, or carcinogenic, uh, associated with specific low-energy wavelengths used in mammograms. Uh, so you're talking it can damage the gene expression and increases carcinogenic or, or cancer. There are three to four hundred uh, percent more carcinogenic, um, the low energy waves than the higher energy waves given off by atomic bomb blasts. 
uh, when we look at the Journal of Radiology Protection and the Journal of Radiation Research, they're talking about how these type of x-rays that they use are damaging. British Medical Journal, um, they said the analysis supports the claim that the introduction of breast cancer screening um, may have caused a net harm for up to 10 years after the start of the screening. And they go on to say a large European study, carriers of the BRCA gene, a mutation, exposed to diagnostic radiation before age 30 were associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. So wait a second. So that means that these t tests and studies, the mammograms, actually increase cancer risk. They damage the tissue. There's false positives. Uh, why are they doing them? Well, again, let's look at the, the study that lasted, printed in the British Medical Journal, lasted over 25 years, involved 90,000 women. Okay, so this was a big long-term study. They found that the death rates from breast cancer were the same in the women who got mammograms as those that didn't. And in conclusion, after 25 years of study, 90,000 women, our data showed that annual mammography does not result in a reduction of breast cancer-specific mortality, and the data suggests that the value of mammography um, should be reassessed. And according to Lancet, uh, they say screening for breast cancer with mammography is unjustified. They found out that it causes six times more death than it prevents. Uh, and, and then it's all over the place. I mean, a Swedish trial um, published in the Lancet, they say there's no reliable evidence that the screening helps. Uh, for every 2,000 women screened, um, the number of extra procedures increased by 10%. The number of mastectomies increased 20%. So what can you do? Well, thermography. Now, you see, a breast, a mammography or a mammogram is when they go in, they compress the breast tissue, flatten it out, and radiate it. And the smallest unit that they can see is about the size of a head of a pin. Now, knowing that breast tumors grow very, very slowly, uh, that the size that they can detect, the smallest size, means that that tumor has been growing about nine years. Now, we know that there's an increase in cancer if you get regular mammograms. So think of this. You're getting something that traumatizes the breast, that radiates the breast, that can cause cancer, that hasn't been shown to be effective. Uh, but it's recommended. Why is it recommended? Well, it's profitable. Now, it's actually not recommended in countries in Europe. There's some countries that still recommend it. Others don't. Others, uh, I think Switzerland has even outlawed it. So now what can you do? You can do thermography. So what is thermography? What this is is not putting radiation in the body. You're actually measuring radiation off of the body. And this can identify abnormal metabolism. Because remember, what's cancer? It's a metabolic disease. So when you're talking about abnormal metabolism or the metabolism of a body, um, if you can have a test that can identify abnormal metabolic processes, then this would be an amazing clue. And in fact, it can identify abnormal processes within three months. So you got the mammograms, which are dangerous, toxic, and can cause cancer. 
and not effective unless the thing's been growing nine years, versus thermography, which can identify abnormal cell growth within three months. Uh, and, and what's neat about this is utilizing a thermography, you can actually change your lifestyle um, choices. And you can start to, with those lifestyle choices, you can do repeat mama, uh, thermographies and gauge at how your body is getting corrected. And it's going to clue you in to areas that aren't, um, weren't even an issue before. So now let's just take the breasts, okay? Let's take um, a thermography looking at the chest itself. Now you've got the right chest and the left chest, or life, right breast and left breast. Now, if you have a lesion in the upper left quadrant of the left breast, uh, lymph of the gut drains to that upper, upper lesion or upper area at the junction of the jugular and subclavian. So when we see swollen lymph nodes on the left side, swollen um, or an, an increased thermal response on the thermography, we know that there's more than likely a gut issue or a dental issue. Now, what we'll see on a consistent basis is root canals, cavitations, mercury fillings, about 90% of the time on the same side. So if you have an upper left quadrant lesion, knowing that this is involved in, in its uh, metabolic disease, you know the location of where it is, and you know what the cause is. So you've got to heal the gut or look at the toxic exposure of the gut, so you're talking juicing, blending, uh, restore the normal flora, um, get the person out of the fight-or-flight system, and then that will help the body. If you see a lesion or an increased metabolic activity over the right breast, okay, or on the right side, look at amalgam fillings, uh, dental issues like cavitations or root canals, but also look at lung tissue. So this could be secondary to... Um, a defect in the neck or forward head carriage or reverse curve. So so all of these challenges, okay, and tests and studies are fantastic because the thermography is going to clue you in to a metabolic process so you can solve it, okay, not some crazy disease that thinks your breasts are the main focus of the disease. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, now, so what do mammograms do? Well, you know, you got the number needed to screen and number needed to treat. Uh, and the Cochrane database said, uh, well, okay, get this. In order to save one life, save one life, 2,000 women must be screened for 10 years. 2,000 women need to be screened for 10 years. Now, that'll end up with 200 women getting false positives. Now, so false positives, you're talking that within the first year, there's a massive rise in suicides if you've been given the breast cancer diagnosis. Now, 10 will receive surgery or chemotherapy, um, even though they don't actually have cancer. So you're talking 200 women will undergo some type of procedure. 10 will have surgery, chemo, even though they don't have cancer. Now, the surgery can damage the body, weaken the immune system. The chemotherapy actually can cause secondary tumors. Now, this is all, all to save one life. So we're losing a couple of hundred. We're saving one. And according to the Cochrane database, 
screening led to a 30% overdiagnosis and overtreatment or an absolute risk increase of 0.5%. Thus, it's not clear whether screening does more harm than good. So, or more good than harm. Now, we have to rethink this. Even according to the British Medical Journal, Okay, they say, despite the growing appreciation of the harms of cancer screening, advocates still claim it saves lives. This assertion rests, however, on reductions in disease-specific mortality rather than overall mortality. Uh, So they're showing that it just doesn't help. Now, um, let's get to how they've named breast cancers. When we look at the naming of it, ductal carcinoma in situ. Now, this is, used to be one of the most common types of breast cancer. And they renamed it just a few years ago, has no longer cancer. So 1.3 million women had their breast um, damaged, removed, surgery, chemotherapy, radiation for something now that they wouldn't have those procedures because now by the medical profession, it's not, no longer considered cancer. I guess that's why they call it a practice. Okay, I don't know if they sent um, I'm sorry cards to 1.3 million women who went through this therapy, uh, but look at it. Okay, that this is insane. Um, when you have a therapy that's non-toxic, effective, and even knowing that it's a metabolic disease, this is huge. Understanding that breast cancer is a poisoning of the body. It's, an, it's an, an, a response to environmental toxins, endocrine disruptors. It is something that you're exposed to. You don't catch. You've got to earn it. And so when you realize that this is a response to a long-term toxicity or deficiency and to add more toxicity into the system and call it helping is, doesn't make any sense. This is why, according to the Journal of Clinical Oncology, now are these guys pro-chemotherapy or are they pro-chemotherapy? They got to be pro-chemotherapy because that's that's 30% of what they do. And what they say is the overall contribution of cytotoxic chemotherapy to five-year survival in adults was estimated to be 2.3% in Australia and 2.1% in U.S., So that means you're looking at about a 98% chance that it has no positive effect and it actually does, can cause cancer. And we covered the toxic aspects of chemotherapy um, uh, last week. However, uh, according to Professor John Carnes from Harvard University, um, whether any of these common cancers can be cured by chemotherapy has yet to be established. Wow. Uh, Even when you look at mastectomies, the effects of mastectomies, I mean, fluid literally can collect in the breast and arm pits. It's called seroma. Nerve damage to the arm and shoulder. Lymphedema in the arm, breast, hand, chest. And removing the lymph nodes actually makes you more susceptible to serious illness. It, it, It just doesn't make any sense. Now, let's look at what the U.S. government admits that chemotherapy and radiation cause cancer. (sighs) Um, Now, this is a quote, okay, out of the Department of Health and Human Services. 
Compositions and Method for Treating and Prevention Pathologies Including Cancer. Uh, quote, current approaches to combat cancer rely primarily on the use of chemo, chemical and radiation, which are themselves carcinogenic and may pre- promote reoccurrences and development of metastatic disease. Now, this is what the U.S. government admitted that conventional treatments cause cancer in documents for their patent design to steal Dr. Brzezinski's cancer cure. Uh, it, it, it's, it's mind-boggling. Now, um, we know that according to Dr. Linus Pauling, Nobel laureate uh, said everyone should know that most cancer research is largely a fraud. So what does thermography do? Thermography um, looks at the radiant heat out of the body, and it can detect signs of breast cancer as much as 10 years earlier, uh, faster than a physical exam. So now, let's look at the prostate. So in order to detect uh, breast cancer, utilize the ther- uh, thermography. In order to protect your body from all cancers, and realize that it's a metabolic process. Everybody's been exposed to cancer. So you get on an organic plant-based diet, um, switch your cleaning products so that you're using natural um, cleaning products so like vinegar and water would be great. Um, normal castle soaps. Make sure that you don't have any sodium lauryl sulfate or toxic products or perfumes inside of anything that touches your skin. I mean, real basic stuff we're talking about. And then when you look at certain um, endocrine disruptors that are in our food supply, such as in the animal products or dairy products, all of these can cause uh, harmful negative effects on the breast. So, it, I mean, it seems too simple that um, all you got to do is change your diet and change your lifestyle and your body gets better, but it's true. Now, let's look at the prostate. Prostate, it's an exocrine gland. Now, this thing is about the size of a walnut, and it's located right next to the the tissue on the outside surface between the anus and the testicles. Uh, so it's, it's literally right there. Now, uh, it actually... Um, the alkalinity of this this fluid that the prostate secretes uh, helps keep the sperms to, to survive in the vaginal tract. Now, the most common disorder, and this is where we're talking men from 45 to 74, 50% of all men in their 50s have a BPH, or benign prostatic hypertrophy. Now, this is non-cancerous enlargement of the prostate, and it is the most common disorder of the prostate gland. Now, get this, 50% of men in their 50s have it, 60% of men in 60s, 80% of men in their 80s have BPH. And remember, because cancer is a metabolic disease, so is uh, benign prostatic hypertrophy. It has to do with endocrine disruptors that your body's been exposed to. So if you're talking 50, 60, and 80% of men in their 50s, 60s, and 80s, we got to know that we're exposed to a lot of different toxins. And so this is hugely important that we look at how the body actually works. Now, uh, when we're talking about tests for prostate cancer, we have to look at the prostate-specific antigen test. 
Now, this, you might think, any test named prostate-specific antigen must be specific to the prostate. Well, however, according to the Journal of National Cancer Institute, uh, quote, PSA, prostate-specific antigen, is found in females with breast, lung, and uterine cancers. Uh, in fact, the highest levels of PSA have been found in females recovering from breast cancers. So when you look at this, it's amazing that, uh, and this was out of a journal of National Cancer Institute, October 6, 1999, uh, they're finding out that the PSA test is not accurate. Uh, now, let's look at prostate biopsies. Now, <laughs> um, now prostate biopsies are amazingly uh, damaging. What they do is, you're talking a hollow needle is inserted through the rectum or through the urethra, and it uh, checks an area, um, and you're, so you're poking up through the anus or through the scrotum, uh, transrectally is the most common, but 6 to 12 samples are taken. So that means this little organ, the size of a walnut, is pierced between um, 6 to 12 times. A procedure lasts around 30 to 45 minutes. Now, how accurate is this? Well, behind the annual cost of PSA screening is about $3 billion. And when you look at the false positives and false negatives and the overall tr um, uh, treatment of low-risk cancers, let's look at uh, Dr. Richard uh, Ablin. Ablin, the discoverer of the PSA test. Quote, I never dreamed that my discovery of four decades ago would lead such to a uh, profit-driven public health disaster. Uh, this test is hardly more effective than a coin toss. Wow, and that's the discoverer of the PSA. Let's look at uh, Dr. Uh, Stamey. Uh, again, out of the Journal of the National Cancer Institute, 2002. I removed a couple hundred prostates I wished I hadn't. Now, Dr. Uh, Stamey published the original study on PSA in the New England Journal of Medicine back in 1987. Our study raises a very serious question whether a man should even use the PSA for prostate cancer screening at all. Wow, this is uh, damaging. Uh, now, when we, when we look at this, I've got a patient, and I'm going to bring up some of their x-rays. Uh, this guy, healthy, 76-year-old guy with a high PSA. Now, when he was 65, he actually had his prostate removed. And, and it was crazy because he went back to his oncologist uh, who checked his PSA, even though he had the prostate removed. Now, when you have a prostate removed, you're talking um, uh, urination problems, sexual dysfunction. I mean, a number of different challenges happen. So by getting the prostate removed, uh, you have all this damage. Well, 10 years into the future, his oncologist says, yeah, you got a high PSA. And he said, how could I have a prostate-specific antigen elevated when I had it removed? And the oncologist said, well, we know a lot more now than we did then. Um, so obviously, um, the doctors that are doing these tests that aren't safe and effective, uh, we need to change that. Now, it's interesting. Uh, this patient had a normal PSA within three months by going to um, a plant-based organic diet. 
Okay, now I'm going to do something that I've never done before. We actually have a caller who's called like three different times. So I'm going to uh, answer their call. 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 Hello. 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 This is hello. This hello. is. Well, that didn't work too well. <laughs> um, okay, I don't know if that was a computer that called, but I tried to call and the answer. And I guess that's why you know people who do talk shows have screeners. Okay, so let's look at more controversy behind the prostate screening. Let's look at the United States Preventative Services Task Force. Quote, prostate-specific antigen screening results in small or no reduction in prostate cancer-specific mortality and is associated with harms relative to subsequent evaluation and treatments, some of which may be unnecessary. Um, <laughs> uh, the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Quote, it is uncertain whether the benefits associated with PSA screening test uh, for prostate screening are worth the harms associated with the screening and subsequent unnecessary therapies. So this is something that when we look at the test, and remember, we're only looking at um, uh, prostate-specific antigens, um, a test of prostate biopsies and mammograms and thermography. Uh, very, very simple stuff. Look at the things that you can do. Get on an organic plant-based diet. Realize that toxic bread products, um, because they're, they're, the dough is now leavened with bromine instead of iodine. Uh, look at the um, toxic whole grains that are soaked in glyphosates, which this is a carcinogen according to the World Health Organization. Uh, pesticides. Look at your environment. So look at your internal environment. Is your air clean in your environment? Do you use household cleaners? Is there fire retardants? All of these have endocrine disrupting properties. Then you look at your food. Look at your physical, chemical, and emotional stress level. When you look at your physical, chemical, and emotional stress level, that is the key. Physical stress, you've got to get your nervous system checked. And that, you've got to get your nervous system checked by a, by a corrective chiropractor. Uh, eliminate toxic food products, especially processed sugar, um, heavy metals. Detox your body. Make sure you eliminate all processed or packaged non-organic foods. Uh, look at the supplements you're taking. I mean, particularly when you're talking about breast and prostate, animal-based omega-3s from krill oil or healthy fish oil, selenium, vitamin E, broccoli, walnuts. I mean, all of these things. It's so simple to change your lifestyle. Now, we're going to have this along with, with a number of slides and data, so this way it'll, it'll help support you in your decisions to talk with an oncologist if you really want to talk with those guys, and also to plan your um, therapies because there's a number of different doctors out there that are doing natural therapies that are very effective. Uh, look at the, um, the World Without Cancer uh, by, by G. Edward Griffin. Look at um, uh, The Truth About Cancer, okay, by Ty Bollinger. I mean, there's so much data out there that shows that the best 
defense, the best strengthening of your immune system, uh, is the best solution to fighting any abnormal cell growth, particularly when you realize that abnormal cell growth is um, a metabolic disease or cancer. Okay, let me try this caller just one more time. I only got 30 seconds. Hello, Dr. Bergman. Is anyone there? Hello? Hello. Are you there? I never saw a doctor visit like this. A female what? doctor who shows up in an outfit where her titties are almost out of her shirt. And she's examining the young... Okay. Okay. So we just, that caller, I had to pull off. Talking about a female doctor with her titties pulling out of her shirt. That we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> okay, that's that's why um, people have screenings. So screeners. So now, when you look at cancer, and you look at breast cancer, prostate cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, they're all alterations in metabolic processes. So look at that you don't catch cancer, you earn it. You've got to get your nervous system checked. You've got to do regular exercise to detox the body. Look at the endocrine disruptors that your body's been exposed to. Get on a plant-based organic diet and look at all of the other alternatives that are available to you to help the body get stronger. You need to have sufficient rest. You need to deal effectively with your physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Now, I encourage you to tune in tonight. We're going to simulcast this on YouTube and Facebook, um, and then we're going to put the hard copy up next week so that you can see the data, okay, what, what the science says out there about these tests, and be confident in your body's ability to fight abnormal cell growth. Um, we also have the cruise coming up. I encourage you to go to the drjohnbergman.com site, and so that you can actually sign up for the cruise, which is coming up next March. Uh, we st- we've, they've already gone through about 27 cabins, and we're eight months away. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you. I love you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.